What's up, peeps? Before you get into the episode, just a quick message. Did you know that Rebranded Safety is brought to you by Risk Fluent? Rebranded Safety is essentially our campaign to achieve our purpose, which is to make the working world better by Rebranded Safety one interaction at a time. We value a people-centered approach that delivers positive impact on the risk. We deliver three types of services, technical, transformational, and fire. It's the last show I wanted to talk to you about. If you value what we value and you want some support driving a culture change or decluttering your safety systems, or you want to improve human performance and it's our transformational support that can help you, or maybe you want a highly experienced registered fire risk assessor to carry out an assessment on your building, design an emergency plan or review the fire safety design for your new building, then it's our fire support service that can help you. But before you get in touch with us, it's important that you want to have impact on the actual risk and you value a people-centered approach. If you don't, that's fine. You'll find someone that can help you. But if you do value those, then get in touch with us at riskfluentltd.com or email me, james, at riskfluentltd.com. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebound Safety. Today is the first episode of a brand new quarterly co-host. Let's jump into the intro and tell you some more about it. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution or one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the YouTube channel and podcast doing exactly what it says on the tin we're changing a profession we do it on youtube we do it on podcast so if you're new here hit subscribe hit the bell and all of that stuff rebranding safety is brought to you by us where it's fluent the consultancy uh, business has been sitting behind rebranding safety for a long time but since uh, january the start of this year we have gone full-time consultancy everything we deliver essentially two types of service that traditional health and safety and fire safety services within the, the technical side of things like risk assessments helping manage cash emergency planning all of that stuff the stuff that we traditionally think of health and safety we do all that stuff but we also offer that transformational side the human factors and behavior and cultural change stuff as well and we like to try and bring those two worlds together as much as we can um so if you need some support on that whether it's the technical side or the transformational side check out riskfluentlimited.com the link's in the description below so today is the start of our new quarterly co-host for this quarter today we're talking to a good friend of mine um who happened to start his consultancy pretty much around the same time that we started our consultancy um so we thought let's talk about starting a consultancy it's kind of a, a common route for a lot of safety professionals to at least once try um or actually do and become a consultant um a self-employed consultant that is um so we thought well let's talk about it we've done an episode on kind of building a consultancy with Simon back in the day. And that's always been a very popular um, piece of content that we've produced. So let's let's re-explore it with both basically just having a chat um, over three episodes about our experiences to try and 
basically try and cut some of the bullshit out. There's loads of bullshit around there about side hustle and starting your own company, being an entrepreneur and all of this stuff. So try and get rid of that. Try and be quite authentic with you guys and um, let you know some of the good stuff about it, some of the hard stuff about it, our struggles, the things that we never thought we'd need to know and so on and so forth. We're going to break that into three episodes, just me and Sam chewing the fat. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. But before we jump into the episode, just a quick shout out to Paradigm Human Performance. Paradigm Human Performance has sponsored Rebounding Safety YouTube and podcast channel for about a year now. And if you don't know who they are yet, then um, you haven't really been paying attention or you do what most people do and just skip the advert bit, which is always a dilemma. But ultimately, let me tell you what Paradigm Human Performance do. Well, they do what they say on the tin, really. They are human performance, human organizational performance experts. They have a background in nuclear, rail, aviation and now they're working with clients all around the world raising awareness and training and upskilling people from human organization performance point of view working with clients to help them improve their kind of human and organizational performance they're a great group of people and ultimately if you're not quite sure yet you can also go and check out the learning organization webinar on their website which is linked in the description below but if you want to dive straight in their email address and phone number is also in the description below so go and check that out and um, thank you very much paradigm for sponsoring this podcast without further ado let's jump into our chat with the amazing sam neil right mr neil welcome to rebranding safety thank you thank you for having me that's all right, mate. I can't believe it's been this long, actually, to, since like to, to get you on, considering how much we talk and how much we do together. Well, you know, I, I have been waiting. <laughs> Why is this prick not asking me on the podcast? Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not you. <laughs> so we haven't got you on for ages, and now we're just going to have you on three times. Over the next quarter, so you're going to do quarterly co-hosts with us. Do you want to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, a little bit maybe of your background? We don't need your full life story, like I was born in NGH or whatever. Um, and then and then kind of introduce the concept of what we're going to talk about as well. And then me and you will get into the, the waffle. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks. So um, I'm uh, Sam Neil. I run a health and safety consultancy called Orchard Safety. Um, more on that in a bit. Um, I've, I've been in health and the health and safety arena for 16, 17 years, um, which is scarily a long time, um, to, to be honest. I, I, I kind of fell into it when I came out of university. So I'm, I'm almost kind of a, a one career um, safety professional. Um, started at a large um, health and safety consultancy and training um, organisation in their sales team. They delivered the Nebo Snap Cert, so I did that when I was there and then kind of gradually got into a bit of consultancy work um, when I was with them um, and then cut my teeth and weirdly enjoyed it in a, in a way. Um, went into, uh, moved on from there, went into private consultancy um, and, and then over the last kind of 16, 17 years, I, I bounced around a bit. So, um, you know, started a health and safety advisor role um, in... Um, fulfillment distribution logistics retail um and then sort of worked my way up the the career ladder um and and got more involved in sort of the strategic stuff if you like and the management leading the teams and then uh 
last December decided to take the plunge after thinking about it for many, many years um, and went full time in, in, in orchard safety. Awesome. Which leads us very nicely into the reason why we're here today. Um, uh, and, and obviously, as you said, um, I'll be co-hosting with you over the next couple of months. Um, and really sort of what we're talking about is uh, jumping into health and safety consultancy. Um, we're both, both pretty new, um, both done it at the same time, um, bizarrely and quite strangely. Mm. Um, and have both been quite a, quite a support for each other as well uh, along the way with our uh, deep and meaningful chats over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the next, next few months we'll be talking about our, our sort of whys, you know, why, why we got involved, um, some of the pitfalls, some of the challenges, um, the, the darker side of running your business, there are, say, you know, the things that, that, that don't see, um, and, and then hopefully sort of helping and, and giving a bit of advice to, to other safety professionals that are thinking about the same um, and, and helping them along their journeys as well. Love that. I love that. Yeah, like a, a kind of an, uh, a kind of authentic insight into the reality of it, because I think a lot of people see the 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 well manicured and procured LinkedIn Instagram version of entrepreneurship and starting your own business and the hustle, and you're just like, yeah. It ain't like that, mate. Like, you know what I mean? It makes it, it makes it feel like you're gonna fucking wake up and all of a sudden you're Stephen Bartlett and you're driving around with a fucking brand new Range Rover. It's like, nah. Uh, it, it doesn't it lot, well like that. There's a lot that people don't there's a lot that people don't see. Um, and I think, you know, in certain instances I've been quite naive. Um, and it's all a very, very steep learning curve. Don't get me wrong you know i've enjoyed it and we'll, we'll touch on those bits as we go through it but you know people don't see the the tough parts and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes um and it's uh yeah it's been interesting mm. yeah that's for sure that's for sure okay let, let let's um so we, we call it co-host it's basically just gonna be me and you for three episodes just chewing the fat which i I'm re- i really love that i think that's gonna be really nice let let's kind of just get like straight in then like what why did you start your own consultancy were you always going to do it or was this like oh this seems like a good idea <laughs> do you know i ask myself that question every day um why do i do this <laughs> normally about half seven eight o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> i um i think i think i think i've always subconsciously wanted to wanted to run my own business. I think, I think if you, you spoke to, you know, teachers in school, um, it was always something that are, you know, those really awkward career advisor kind of people that you go to. Um, I think it was, it was always in the back of my mind somewhere that I wanted to run, run my own business. Um, I don't know whether that's why I got into safety because that's a potential avenue to run a business. I don't know. I've never really sort of given that any thought to, to be honest. Um, why, why I did it now um, well I've partly got my partner to blame for that um, because it's something that I've been you know thinking about and toying over and pontificating and over complicating for so many, for so long 
Um, and I, I, I sort of did all the formalities last July. And, and my, my idea was to just keep it in the background, tick along nicely, um, but also have a full-time job at the same time. Lo and behold, did I know, um, there I was writing a LinkedIn post um, or, you know, just thinking about publicising it and letting people know. And I deleted it and rewritten it and deleted it and rewritten it. And, um, yeah, my, my partner just sent it. Um, and, and there it was for, for everyone to see. And, and you well, know. You were still employed and they didn't know, I might add, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there I was frantically oh. like, shit, do I know any, am I friends with anybody, connections of anybody on LinkedIn for work? Yes, yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, and, and and in a way, that's exactly what I needed. I just needed that. And, and you know, my partner knows me really, really well. And she knows sometimes I just need a push uh, in the right direction. And when I'm in the moment, I, I just sort of deal with it and, and sometimes flourish. Um so, and there I was. And then, you know, really fortunately for me, I got inquiries, I got friends and contacts and people that I'd worked with before. And before I knew it, I was then looking at exiting full-time employment because I had enough work to start this year with to, to support myself and support my family. So, um, you know, whilst I needed a bit of a nudge in the in the right, <laughs> nudge in the right, I don't know really, nudge isn't the right thing, a, a full-blown forceful push in the right direction um it's it's sort of paid off it's paid off um why i wanted to do it um i think is purpose And and i think that's i think that's something that i've always um kind of looked for in in a role um and i mean you'll know this because you've been in safety roles and you've, you know, you've done different roles in different companies. I sort of found myself having the same conversation over and over and, and over again. And I, and I think everybody over the last two years has probably reevaluated, you know, their life at, at some point because of, you know, the shitstorm that we've been through over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I had this, I, I distinctly remember, well, actually you're partly to blame because I, I distinctly remember you, sort of saying on a project millennium call when I raised an issue that you know you you need to be the solution to the problem you know and 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 sort of that got me thinking about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go um, and then I had a chat <laughs> had a chat with a friend of mine so yeah you um I had a chat with a friend of mine um at where I was working at the time and he's a really really good friend and we'd had a really really tough week um in the midst of covid isolators everywhere we were there managing it and, and he just said to me and off the cuff, you know, we've we've got to we've got to do these types of roles for the next 35 to 40 years. <laughs> and I remember I remember coming off that call and going, oh hell no. <laughs> well, no. No. There, there's got to be more and there's got to be there's got to be sort of different differences out there. And I I want to make a difference and, and those kind of things. And the, the time the time felt right. Mm. what about you kind of similar but kind of different in in a way there's a lot of similarities in there <clears throat> i similarly to you i've always wanted to own my own company i've what correction always wanted my own empire like <laughs> I, I look at people like you know when i was a kid it was my uncle lee who runs a very successful building company um 
but then as I got older, I was like, yeah, that's not big enough. Like I want something else. Like, and I, now, you know, and I, I get to like young adulthood and I'd look at, you know, I don't know at, at the time, I don't know who it would be, but like people now like kind of Gary V and, you know, Simon Bartlett, like my aspirations are borderline delusional. Um, and you can do things by half measures, though, do you, James? No, I do not. My there's a running joke in my family that I've had shitloads of hobbies, um, because I go all in like, I'll find a hobby, I'm all in, I'm like, got all the gear, no idea, like, I'm in it, I'm fucking, I'm a geek for that thing for like average of about five years. Then I'll get bored shitless of it. And I'm like, right, next thing. And I'm all out. Like, there's no, in, there's no, I'm in the deep end or I'm out of the pool. And that's kind of how I do life in general. Like, I'm like, we're trying for, for Maggie before she was born. And I'm like, I'm cool if we have twins, man. I'm like, I'm totally <laughs> cool with that. Like, I am in the deep end. And I'm so happy we didn't have twins. Like, it's easy to say you want twins when you haven't got a baby. Um, but yeah, so I always wanted my own company, everything I've done, even as a kid, I'm like, I could think, okay, I'm, I'm delivering newspapers. This could be a business, you know, where I used to be a chef. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a food van. Me and my wife actually nearly brought a food van years and years ago. Fucking glad we didn't, but everything was always the next step, the next step, the next step to be the top and then to run my own company safety like like many people kind of fell into safety safety gave me something that i could tangibly tan i could tangibly i felt like i could tangibly become quite good at it like i i, I was enjoying it i kind of got it it was nice. I was solving problems all the time. I was doing loads. It gave me the variety that I didn't have that kind of on board of this hobby kind of thing. Like every five years, it, it was just something different all the time. So I was like, actually, I could see myself doing this for a long time. I did have some wobbles like through it where I'm like, do I really want to fucking do this all the time? Like, cause sometimes safety, it's really hard and lonely and boring and samey to like your point. And I, I left my first safety job at Sealed Air and I loved that job. It was hard and it had problems, but I loved that job. It pushed me summit wrong and my learning curve was steep. I loved it. And after that, I never settled down. Like I just yeah. bounced around for a long time. I needed like a big project and I just get bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And, and I think it was because inevitably I needed to just do it for myself. But ultimately I knew I wasn't ready to do it for myself because I didn't have the experience yet. So I kind of got to a company, I did something, learned something, whatever it was, I've added to my repertoire or delivered a project and then got bored and moved on. And that averaged at about two years each time. <clears throat> and then my last company I was at before I went full-time self-employed, I actually had every intention of being there for about, probably another like two to three years. So I left there at just shy of two years, I think about a year and a half, maybe ish. And um, I had every intention of being there for a good, yeah, three years ish, maybe even longer because it was part of a strategy. I was like, okay, this role could actually launch me into my consultancy. Yeah. 
I can see it. I've worked it. I planned it. And it just so happened that we ended up having a business redesign as per usual. Business redesigns always rear their ugly heads at some point and it becomes difficult. We had some really difficult conversations and I was essentially not pushed, but I was put into a position that made me consider a potential alternative. And the, the thought of going for another fucking interview with, with some other guy that's got loads of fucking letters after his name, but I'm just like, naturally, you're not that good at what you do. And that's maybe me being a bit pretentious and a bit of an arsehole, but like, I just, I've been to so many interviews and just thought, you, you were employed basically on like what it says on the paper. Um, and there are good people out there, but just so many times I was so disappointed with who was my manager and ended up moving on because I couldn't get past that person because I didn't have the letters. Cause I've never been the kind of, I didn't, I never agreed with it. So I never did it. And that always stopped me. And I knew I'd have that same conversation again because I've spat my dummy out and haven't gone chartered and refused to go chartered. Um, so I knew I'd have that same battle. If I was trying to get an equivalent head of or director type role, which is what I wanted, everyone would want me to be chatted. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I was just fucking do it myself. So I put my fingers out in the pies and all that and started to see if we got any interest. And at the same time, rebounding safety was going mad. Um, and we were getting interest and we picked up a sponsorship as well. And we were getting like random little media jobs and speaking jobs, which was ticking over nicely. We had already employed my wife to work for the podcast any on the, on the YouTube channel anyway. So we just had a conversation. Should we just chuck all our eggs in one basket? And um, we built up some kind of associate work, like subcontractor work, which we'll talk about probably next uh, in the next episode to, to kind of pay the bills. And that was it, really. I made the jump. Did I wake up every morning going, what the fuck have, have you done? Like for like the last three months? Uh, yeah. And then some days I'll wake up and go, this is the best decision I ever made. Um, and ultimately, I think it will be the latter. But yeah, very similar to you. It was always going to happen. Mm. But I think that, I think we needed something. Like you, I think you needed your partner to send that post out like kick you off the cliff edge and yeah. i think i needed my previous employer to have a different path to me because it shoved me into making a decision because i don't think i'd ever i'd ever made it because i mean i'd be interested in your thoughts on this like it, it's scary af going from a consistent salaried role where you're always getting money in, like even if you don't perform, like if you don't perform, eventually you're going to get caught out and eventually you're going to go through performance management and all that stuff. But I could not perform for a good chunk of time and still get paid. Yeah. And I could not turn up and still get paid. Yeah. Within reason. Do you know what I mean? But if you don't turn up on your own, on self-employed, ain't no one paying you. Do you know what I mean? And like you wake up, on that first day and you're like, I have no business coming in. I have no money coming in. Like what the fuck? And I found that actually nearly crippling. Like the fear of not being able to provide for my family the first couple of months was nearly crippling to the point where I, I, I shut down. Like I wasn't doing anything. Like I don't know how you felt that transition between salaried and not salaried like 
but for me it was a crippling fear for a few months it's yeah it is it's tough and and you know I, I didn't really get a true realization of what I'd done until I didn't get paid um so obviously you know when you're in employment you you know your payday is fixed or you know last Friday of the month or the 25th or whatever it was and then in January the end of Jan I didn't get paid it was, there was no, there was no income, and, I, or, and, and, and it was that color. But uh, yeah, right, okay, um, and and it was just subtle things like that, that that so it didn't hit me all at once. And I was, I was quite fortunate that I'd been able to put a bit of a banker away. So I, I had, I had some, you know, being honest, I had some savings that I knew would keep me tied over for a couple of months, so that I couldn't didn't have to take a salary from the business yeah so I've, I've, I've been really fortunate that i've not had to take a salary for for kind of four months or so which has just given me the opportunity to build up a buffer when i do start paying myself yeah um but you know just going back to you know what you said about you can't not turn up you know no. I, I was thinking the other day you can't have a bad day no, um, no you know, sometimes, sometimes when you're in full-time employment you you wake up and you think I just feel a bit shit, not really, not really feeling it today. I'll do what I need to do. I'll stay beneath the radar, you know, and everyone does it. I, mean, I don't think that comes as a surprise, um, but there's work that I've been doing recently when I've been in front of a client and I felt, I just, just didn't feel, just didn't feel on point. Um, but I know that you have to kind of almost think deep because you know that, you know, this is your brand, this is your business yeah. One, you don't want to let the customer or the client down, and one you don't want to let don't want to let yourself down. Mm. Um, I remember in in December, um, I got the most horrific chest infection from my darling little feral child, um, <laughs> and it knocked me off my feet for about four days. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Kerry, my partner, saying, "Trust you to get sick." Yeah. You know, literally, as you're not getting statutory sick pay, or you, there's no sick pay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have timed that any better. Uh, did you uh, say, look, love, you press fucking post on that LinkedIn phone. <laughs> yeah, Not me. <laughs> yeah, I have no accountability in that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, like, I was, you know, I, I, I still did a bit of work and I shouldn't have done any work and I managed to rejig things. So it worked out all right. Yeah. But it, it's stuff like that, that you, you've kind of lost, you've lost that security of your employer. Yeah. And that's quite a scary feeling when you're doing it for the first time um I because had, you're thinking about stuff like that it is so funny how similar our stories are because I, yeah. I had co i caught covid and and i'd gone two fucking years of of a pandemic where I'd still been working. Yes, I've been working from home quite a lot, but I, I'd been to London a few times. I had to go into the office a few times. I had to go to a client a few times, well, to pre clients of my previous employer a few times. So I hadn't been like out gallivanting, but I had been out I, and I'd have been following the rules and stuff, but like I hadn't been, you know, completely isolated, but I never caught COVID for two years and then the second I went self-employed, I had no statutory sick pay. My darling daughter, feral child, to use your words, 
give me bloody COVID. And I was like, is this a joke? And my wife said exactly the same thing. Only you, James, would catch COVID after years of, of statutory sick pay. Only you would catch it now. Um, and, uh, and, and the rules were still in place and I couldn't go to work. So, and I had days in the diary that was kind of subcontracted work. So I had to ring up the contractor and be like, I've got COVID. And I, I remember shitting myself on the phone thinking, it's just going to give that work to someone else now because the client will want it um, done. And, and that's it. I've just lost a load of money. And I was freaking out. And, uh, you know, this isn't good, but like, this is a really good example of like the stuff we talk about in like behavior and error and bad decision-making and that people sometimes are forced to make bad decisions. We were genuinely discussing not telling anyone and just going because I needed to feed my daughter. I needed to feed my wife. I needed to feed myself. So I was like so scared that I was going to lose that work and not get it back that I was debated not saying anything and going anyway. And I'm glad I did ring that person. I mean, we both know who I'm talking about and I don't know why I was scared of that, of him because he would never have, have been. No, like no, that. no. He was just like, yeah, cool. We'll just put it. How long's your, your isolation? I was like five days. And then if I test, all right, I can cut. And he was like, all right, cool. I'll just tell the customer, put it back five days. And I was like, oh, really? really? Is that right? He's like, yeah, it's fine. People get sick, you know, James. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to give, I was like, if you need to give the work to someone else, uh, mate, then it's fine. And he's like, James, shut up. Like, what? And I was just like, oh, my God. Whew, thanks, mate. And like, relax. Yeah, that's literally what it was like. I felt like my body just went like, Woof. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God for that. I was really scared. I was really scared that I had lost. I mean, it was a, it was about two weeks worth of work that I was like really grateful for. Um, and it was a lot of work and a lot of money. And I was like, shit. Yeah. It's how weird that we both had the exact. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's very, very bizarre how this is all what panned out. Yeah. Really weird. Really weird. I remember the, the, Something that really hit me when we made the decision, <clears throat> my my wife and I come from very kind of quite not not <clears throat> excuse me not really poor backgrounds, but not wealthy back. Like there were definitely people that were poorer than us, right? But we were pretty poor, and um, so we're both a bit funny with money, but very different. I my response to not having money as a kid is to spend every penny I have now, right? <laughs> so my response is like, I fucking worked for this. I'm spending it, right? If I want this, I'm having it um, within reason. Sherry's response is, is to hoard it. So Sherry's like, oh my God, we've only got a buffer of like 100%. We're skin. And I'm like, hang on, we've got a buffer of 100%. Like we're not skin at all. I have exactly the same conversations. Really? Uh, which yeah. one are you? Which one are you? The spender? I'm, I'm the you. I'm the you, yeah. I've earned it, so I'll spend it. Yeah, yeah, too, right, yeah. James, just get the £5 bottle of wine. No, I don't like that £12 <laughs> bottle of wine, but I'm buying it. But <laughs> um, And I remember like, my reaction to this was like, we're going to make this work. And I want to talk about the, I want to talk about like making a decision and stuff in a, in a minute as well. Maybe this will come on to it. Um, 
but I, I was like, my attitude was like, I'm going to make this work. Yeah, we're fine. I've got money. Money's coming in. We've, we've done the, the, the calculations and stuff. We're all fine. <sighs> my wife's response was like, oh my God, we're going to be skimmed. We're not going to pay. We need to, we need to like cut everything. So like the first thing that was a really obvious and easy thing to cut was Maggie goes to nursery two days a week on top of a couple of days with grandparents. And she cut one of those days. Now Maggie loves nursery. She loves nursery. And the first thing we cut was something that my daughter loves. And that hit me really hard that my decision to run our own company and achieve what I wanted to achieve like selfishly. And that's what I felt. I felt really selfish had impacted her first. And I'd not really been impacted. Like I still got everything that I wanted and I still got my house and my car and I, I still drowned my sorrows in a bottle of wine that night. But like, you know, it was, it, that really was like a big moment for me. And I think it was good because I freaked out for a few days, but then ultimately it was like a big slap in the face. It was like, I'm going to get her back in that other day. Yeah. And and that, that, that was like a big moment for me. I don't know if there was any kind of, big kind of defining you probably you've spoke about a few already but like any big kind of defining moment for you that you were like oh my that that big realization i know you spoke about like the salary not coming in but was there ever a point where you were you quite scared about it or was it when that salary kind of stopped coming in um <clears throat> i don't know i don't know whether i've been i don't know whether i've been scared um i think there's been i think there's been a few you know what the hell am I doing? Sort of mm. moments, and and I know we'll come on to talk about some of these. So I don't I don't want to go go down the rabbit hole just yet because they'll, they'll come up in in later episodes. But I, I think sometimes there's this misconception that if you run your own business, you're doing it because you want more freedom. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I'm yet to find that freedom. <laughs> I'm completely honest with you. <laughs> It's out, it's out there somewhere apparently, um, but I'm yet to stumble across it. Um, and there's just been, there's just been a, a couple of times where, you know, I've been, I, I got myself um, in this headspace where um, if I'm not on the road, I'm not earning money and I'm not supporting my family. Yeah. Um, and that's actually a really unhealthy mindset to be in when you're starting out on business. One, because you're, you're literally just chasing money and you're, you know, I think one week it did like 1,200 miles. Um, and that's just not sustainable and you, you're going to end up burning out. And I I remember, I think, coming back late one evening and I always try and get back before uh, my lad goes down to bed so I can give him his bath and bottle and, and put him down. And um, I'd had a pretty crap day. Traffic was awful. And um, I, just, I think I just snapped at him or, or you know, in, in the way that parents do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit of a moment for me that I, I had a bit, of a, a bit of a moment where I thought, am I doing this for selfish reasons? Mm. And this, this sort of comes back to that why, doesn't it, of, of why, we've, why we've taken the decision to do this. Mm. And, and I started beating myself up a little bit that I've done this for me um, rather than doing it to, to kind of help my my family and provide the standard of living and, and, and be able to do things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty tough. And I that bounced around my head for, for a good couple of weeks. Yeah. And 
you know, I'll be honest, there was a couple of times when I thought, do you know what? It's probably just easier to go back into full-time employment. Yeah. Because it's it's an easier option. It's a cop-out. You know, I know where I'm going to be. I've got a salary coming in. Um, I've got a pension. I've got holiday entitlement and, and all those kind of things. Um, and and me and my partner just had a had a really open and honest conversation. And she said, you know, it's going to be tough the first couple of months, the first year, the first two years. But eventually, over time, you know, that will allow you to 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 have a better quality of life, if you like, and, and have the freedom around the work life balance. And you won't be flying around the country because hopefully by then you'll have employees dotted around the country that will be able to do that for you. So. I think that was, it's not necessarily a, a a scary thought. It was just more, have I done this for the right reasons? Have I been selfish in the decision that I've taken? Because actually at the moment, it's um, it's not negatively impacted my family, but but it has, you know, made things a little bit more difficult in, in parts. Yeah. Um, but then there are times where, you know, like today, um, you know, I've, I've been able, to, I was able to play with him this morning, um, he's you know back this evening and I've worked from home and and so it kind of you know weighs up quite nicely sometimes yeah. um but that yeah that's that was a bit that was difficult for me to get my head around um and I, and I struggled with it for 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 a while yeah uh, thank you for for that Sam um that's really honest of you and I, I know I can to- like totally just relate to that massively I yeah, like are you really, I really question myself the same as you. Like, am I am I doing this for me? I'm, I'm 100% there is a part of me that is doing this to satisfy me in yeah. that I, I want to be on my deathbed. One, I don't want to be on my deathbed, but when I'm in my deathbed one day, I want to know that I at least tried and I ideally succeeded. Um, but ultimately there was always, there's always a big part of it that's for Maggie and for Sherry, like 100%. There's a massive part of it. Like, like I said, when I was a kid, you know, fair play, my mum worked really hard to try and get me what, what I wanted as a kid. Cause you know, when you're a kid, you just want, you've got no context as to what's going on. You just want things, don't you? Yeah. And, then, and then when you don't get them, you're like, God, life is horrible. And I, and I have, have always said to Sherry, like, whether it turns Maggie into a spoiled brat or not, I don't care. She will want for nothing. Like, and I will work my ass off to make sure that that happens. And then taking her out of nursery was a massive moment for me that I was just like, shit, I've just done this for selfish reasons. And I always said that she will want for nothing. And I remember seeing a couple of jobs and, and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to apply, see what happens. And I clicked the apply button to like go through to the application form. And then I never felt filled it in. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. I, I know this is right. I know this is right. Um, but it was. I think, sorry, sorry. I, th- I think you need moments like that, don't you, to reassure you that you're, you know, the why and what you're doing is absolutely the right reason, you know, and I think, I think you're quite similar to me sometimes in you tend, I, I spiral. <clears throat> so, so I will, so the selfishness thing came into my head and then it was, well, no one's going to buy from me anyway, because I'm just, I'm just a, a another safety professional. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know what if actually the work that I do is not very good and what if and then all of a sudden I am in this cesspit of just negativity um imposter syndrome on absolute steroids Uh, it's not healthy um at at all and actually it was all because of a passing thought that you know am am I being selfish and all of a sudden you know it's the worst decision I've ever made you need to get out of this as quickly as possible um and, and I'm really glad I didn't because, you know, um, I, I'm doing this for a reason and, and, and very much like you, I wanted to be able to, you know, this, this business will be part of my family for, 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 for the future. Um, and, you know, eventually, um, Kerry, my partner, will come and work for the business, hopefully, and it, and it will make sort of our lives a bit easier a, a, around the kids. That's the end goal. I think sometimes you've just got to, you've got to sort of grin and bear those first initial moments, don't you, to get to that, to get to that point. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, and I think we'll, we'll come back to, you've touched on it a couple of times, like that freedom piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, we're going to come back to that in episode three. And there's a couple of things we're going to come back to, um, like the building a buffer stuff. We're going to come back to that in episode two as well. Um, yeah. We're going to try and keep this quite, focused on that on that kind of decision and, and why we jumped because i think that that is massively important um so do you know your why yet <sighs> oh. shouldn't, shouldn't, i i i feel like i do but i as you know did went in the hot seat in the wagon wheel because i was thrown in it because someone bloody cancelled at the last minute damn them um, but no, fair enough. And it was really helpful to be fair. I 100% did not want to do it. Like I, I, I absolutely didn't want to do it, but I'm glad I did. And for those that don't know that are not part of project Malita, like basically we have this quarterly event and we have like what we call kind of compassionately called the hot seat. It sounds really bad, but like, you know, it's just naturally become called the hot seat. And, um, and uh, yeah, so you would go in, you would present a challenge or a problem or something you're working on, and essentially everyone makes you question your life's purpose <laughs> because you just get questioned for about 20 minutes and you feel like it's a Spanish Inquisition. You're like, ah. but ultimately it's really enlightening and it's really powerful when you, you reflect on it for weeks on end afterwards. And anyway, in there... It was really interesting and I have probably changed my thought process on getting your purpose and your why, because I know what the company's purpose is. It was the same reason why we started rebranding safety. I think there's a lot of safety stuff out there that one doesn't deliver impactful risk management and two does is, is that kind of, it's done to the people, not with the people. If I was probably going to try and summarize it enough, there's a lot of like stuff that's not impactful or kind of evidence-based. And there's a lot of it out there that, that people are not benefiting from on the shop floor. So then they're probably my two company values is to like make impactful evidence-based risk management. Right. And I know that, and I know that rebranding safety stands for that. And what we do is a big part of that. And I know that risk flu and everything that risk fluent does will be the same and is the same. However, I went into this, this hot seat with that clear in my head because I'd actually done a lot of work on it. Um, but 
Graham actually said, James, you need to, I think, spend some time on, on like your purpose and your why. He was like, because you spoke more about like paying your mortgage and, and I'm not going to recruit you to pay, pay your mortgage. And I remember initially being quite pissed off that he said that. Like, I didn't say anything back to him because he said it for a reason. But I remember being a bit pissed off more at myself that I know my why. So why did he feel like he needed to say that? Because I didn't like that he needed to say it. Um, so I kind of went away and I was for weeks, I was like, I fucking know my why, but I think I come to the conclusion that I have the company's why and I have my why, like, you know, but I think that why can be overpowered by temporary needs and my temporary need has been, and probably still is to put food on the fucking table. Yeah. I don't give a shit about impactful risk management right now. I would massage someone's feet for a hundred quid. Easy peasy. Right. Because just, I would put, just for a hundred quid, I'd do it for 50 if I'm honest, Sam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like, do I have the company's why? 100%. Right. Do I have my why? I think I do. Yeah. 100%. Could you drill into it and take me to a point where I'm like, oh, actually, I'm not sure you probably could. But ultimately, I'm pretty clear on what the company is trying to do. But temporarily, my needs right now are to put food on the table. There are some non-negotiables in that. There are like if somebody said, can you just sign your name on this piece of paper and not come and look at our, our um, you know, company or just, you know, tick, do tick the box type stuff. I probably would say, no, I won't do that. Um, if I was asked to do something I'm not competent to do, I would definitely say, no, I'm not doing that. And I have turned work away and I have walked away from customers as well, um, yeah. which we'll, we'll get into um, in another episode. But I 100% had a temporary why, which was to feed and protect my family. And I think that's the reason why I had a bit of a problem with, with this why and purpose stuff, because I'm like, we, we talk about it in Simon Sinek and I really like Simon Sinek's work, but you talk about it in there. And I'm like, do you know what? Like, yeah, I have a why. And that why might be playing football for Liverpool or whatever. But right now my why is, is doing something else. And, and I, I don't know, but that, that was a very, very long answer to your question, Sam, because I've, I've had a battle, an internal battle with it. Um, but like, do, I'd ask the same question back to you. Like, do you know your why? Um, no, I, I don't. I, don't, I think I'm a bit like you um, in, in the fact that I'm sort of refining the why as I go. Um, you know, I, I know why. I know why I set up the business or what I want the business to do. And, and, and fundamentally, you know, when you strip it right back, it's just to help businesses mm. do health and safety, but do it right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate and unfortunate to see some of the stuff that's out there. Um, and, you know, the, um, the, the support that's being given to businesses that I, I don't sort of fundamentally agree with um, and, you know, want to try and help businesses. So like, like I said, do, do health and safety, but, but do it right, do it in the right way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think a large sort of a large part of my thought process into starting the consultancy is I, I had an opportunity to sort of, I, I looked back, I guess, and kind of thought, 
when in my career have I enjoyed what I do the most? Um, and if I'm going to be doing this for the next 30, 35, 40 years, then I might as well enjoy it and, and, and sort of help businesses as, as I go along. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started sort of just writing down stuff. You know, I, I love I love training. Um, I, I love being in a room with people, seeing those light bulb moments where, where they sort of, they, they kind of get it and, and yeah. they see it through a different perception. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than that sometimes. Yeah. Um, so straight away, you know, there's training. I, I love working on problems and trying to find solutions and, and that sort of lends itself really well to consultancy. So, um, you know, fundamentally, I, I want the business like you to support my family and provide a lifestyle <clears throat> that, that we enjoy um and, and ultimately gives me the ability to be able to enjoy it with them um but I, i've sort of recently been setting myself some some objectives some sort of like targets for the business over the next couple of quarters and the next couple of okay. years and, and it, it's really interesting when you get into those conversations and and we know you know a certain person who's great at asking questions like that that sends you right down a rabbit hole um, when he's coaching um and it really interesting for me is when I looked at what I want my business to be, it wasn't the best. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't a leader. Um, it wasn't, you know, working with the biggest organizations. Actually, the thing that kept coming through was authentic, um, which is, which, which, which surprised me. You know, I think, I think if you, if you said to people that were starting out in business for the first time, you know, they'd say, what's your aspirations? Well, we want to be the biggest and the best and the leader in the market. And, and actually, I wasn't really that fussed about that. Actually, what I wanted to do is deliver sort of services that were authentic and respected and actually helped organisations do things the right way and improve their own organisation so they can see growth. Yeah. And there was something quite nice for me about that when I reflected on it um that i'm not and, I, and i've said this to friends um like my best mate and i were having a chat recently and you know he he jokingly said you know five years time you could be a couple of mil turnover and i kind of went you know yeah if it happens great but if it doesn't and, and i'm earning enough to enjoy life and i'm enjoying what i'm doing then you know i'm not you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna turn my cheek up, my nose up, if I'm not earning millions in in, in five years time, because that's yeah. that's not necessarily what I've got in got into consultancy for. Um, it's to sort of go back to what I enjoy, the parts of health and safety that I enjoy, yeah. um, hoping that I can influence and help organisations along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, th- I think if I think if you really challenged my that the kind of why about like the, the very safety specific why I think that would be very much the company's why I'm not 100% sure it's my personal why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and I'm also not sure that one person can have one purpose. No. You know I mean, like yeah. I. Yeah. It will take, it will change when it dependent on your circumstances yeah. at, uh, at the time. Because there is there is like a, a selfish part of me that's like, I do want to be the the thought leader in in my chosen field. I do want to be you know one of the go to names. I do want Risfluent to be one of the go to brands um, within my chosen field. And there is also 
I always use this really silly example, right? Have you ever watched um, have you watched the film Hook? The, the Peter Pan one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, where the fuck is he going with this? Where is he, where is he going with this? Yeah. Remember like the, in the beginning where they're on the airplane and then he's on the phone, they're on holiday and his kid's like, yeah. uh, his kid's like bouncing the thing and he snaps at his kid and then he's late for the bat, the baseball. Yeah. Without going too deep into my deep daddy issues that I have, right? I was a fatherless child and I'm a fatherless child. And I remember watching that as a kid and still wishing I had that dad, even though in that moment, in those couple oh, of scenes, okay. he's a bit of a shit dad. Yeah. And and now I look back on it and I and I as an adult with a bit more of a mature understanding of my daddy issues and like psychological understanding and shit, I can look at that and go, actually, I'm glad I didn't have a bad dad. I'm, it's better to have no dad than a bad dad, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So I look at that scene and I say, I want my own company. I want my own fucking empire, right? But not at the cost if I'm that dad. So like yeah. if I'm late for Maggie's, whatever she does, you know, playing rugby for England women's one day, maybe, or, or not, do you know what I mean? Or just, just going to the local club and doing karaoke or going for a beer or whatever, whatever me and Maggie do, that's our thing when she's an adult or a young adult, if I'm or even a teenager or a kid or whatever, if I'm missing them and I'm not going to them or I'm late to them and I'm not present with her, that's also a failing of my purpose. So like yeah. those two purposes can conflict, but I need to make sure that they're together. So when I hear people that kind of like, I think there's loads of platitudes around like starting a business and they're like, find your why. Like I don't have one why, like I have loads of whys. I have loads of things. And someone might not, might disagree with that and say, no, you need, you will have one thing. Um, but like fucking hell would you hear me ever say, you know, that money is more important than me being a present dad. And I, I don't think anyone parent would say that. I'd like to hope not. No. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I just think, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a platitude to say find your one purpose, but I get why we're having those comments. It's a good conversation to have still, but like, it's not one, it might be two, it might be three, it might be four. Another platitude that really annoys me. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, when you started your company, but pay yourself first. Did you get that? No, no, I've not heard that one. You've not heard that? Oh, my no, God. No, no. Always, like, this has pissed me off, right? When people, the amount of fucking people that said, one bit of advice I wish I had, James, when I started, is always pay yourself first. I'm like, all right, I'm sure my fucking bank manager won't agree with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, NatWest. I'm not paying my mortgage because this business book and my coach said paying myself first. So I'm going down Sainsbury's, I'm getting myself a six pack of Doom Bar. I'm having it because I need to pay myself first. Sorry, Maggie, you're not eating this week because I need to pay myself first. Like, I just think it's such a stupid platitude. And like, there's so much bullshit around business and money and the hustle that 
I think maybe there's another why in me that's like, to your point around authenticity and like, you know, why I put that post up that, that sparked me and you kind of doing this around, you know, actually I'm really fucking, I was really struggling at the time that I put a post up and I spoke to a couple of people who, who also said they were struggling, but then I scroll through LinkedIn and they're like, my life's amazing. I'm like, fucking just had you on the phone 10 minutes ago and you're basically crying. Like, so I was like, had enough. I'm put the post up saying, actually I'm really struggling and this is really hard. So I think there is also a part of me that wants to be really authentic and say like, this is, this is a business. You know what? I'm not paying myself first. I am making sure that me, my wife and Maggie have the standard of living that we've come accustomed to within reason. And we've managed to keep doing that so far, but like pay yourself first to me just sounds like a stupid platitude that without context to it, they might say, well, obviously you've got to pay your bills and okay, that's fine. We'll say that in your platitude then, because I think someone could misunderstand that. Um, I, can all, I can also imagine that when you have got employees, they're not going to be overly impressed if you're paying yourself first and not them. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, you know, yeah. we're having to do redundancies this month, but my dividend was sick. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's just not I had to refuel the boat so you can't get your, uh, your bonus this month. Yeah, yeah. Just on the back of the yacht, be like, with your pound notes. Like, and I just think there's some stuff like that, that that pisses me off. And like some stuff like, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. No, it doesn't. And I get I get the notion behind that, right? But it, it stops me feeling fucking stressed about paying the bill and feeding feeding my daughter, right? And there's this stuff like that that I think there's there's a part of me that also wants to use hopefully the success of risk fluent and rebranding safety to prove all these platitudes is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can get, you can get really lost in them and caught up in them and overcomplicate them and try and apply them. And, 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 and actually if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. That's, that's absolutely fine. You know, um, you, when I, when I first started, I was reading, you know, as much as I could on just Googling sort of, how to start a business and, yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. Of, and some of the stuff that you read, you just think, really? Um, I don't know. We're, we're going to come on to some of this in, in, the, in the second part, but, you know, going back to you, you're that bit about the pay yourself first. Um, and, and, and kind of, I think I'm very similar with you is you, you kind of part of my why is, I guess, and I don't know how this, I don't know how this will come across is, so I want to show people, particularly my, my my children, that you can you can run a successful business, but you don't have to be a dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And I don't. I apologise if that's come across really badly, but you know, I um, I had a friend of mine um, do do some work for me, um, do do a couple of fire risk assessments, and um, he invoiced me, and, and he said, "Look, don't worry about paying me um, until the, the the client are paid." And I was like, "No, absolutely not." um I, I can afford to pay you you've got family and you've 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 done some work for me and you've done it to a really good quality so i paid him like it's literally when he sent through the reports and he came back and was like you didn't need to do that you didn't you know that's you, you could have waited the payment terms and stuff i said look at the end of the day you've done me a service and you've done a really really good job so you deserve to be paid so i've paid you um and and he went away and was you know really appreciative of what i've done but you know stuff like that is is kind of again part of the why i've done the business is you can do things the right way and still run a run a successful business i'm not saying for a second that people don't 
I, I, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. Um, but I think there's, you know, I, I kind of hold my, I hold myself up to quite high standards. And I think if, if, if I was in my, my friend's shoes, you know, I'd be expecting, you know, maybe a similar treatment. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always talk about like, when, when people talk to coming back again to like the why and the purpose, like I really struggle to put it into like a word, but I can normally always describe a scenario or a situation. Yeah. And and if someone was to say like, what do you want risk fluent to be? Like I want us to have customers and employees and ones that say nice things about us. Like that sounds really stupid, right? And everyone's like, well, that's obvious. But like, you know, you get like glass door where people review the the yeah. employer. I would be fucking heartbroken if an employee's put on there, this is the really shit place to work and I was treated like crap. Or I didn't like it here. The office was was you know, bullshit, whatever. Like, I'd be heartbroken. Like, and to me, I'd be like, no, I want people to love working for me. I want people yeah. to love working with me. And there might be, you know, not everyone's going to love it. People don't like my style of stuff. And that's cool. If someone said, this is just not my style, I'd be like, okay, that's fair enough. But if someone went, I worked there and I was really miserable. Like some of the places I've worked, I've been miserable. I've been lonely. I'm just a number. Like I would be really upset about that. Like, so I can give a scenario or a situation and it's things like that. Like I want a contractor, I want a customer to turn around and saying, we haven't had that much off James this year, actually. Um, but I just really like the guy. So we're just going to stay with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, and that sounds silly. I know it does. No, no, I don't think it does. No, being, being in your shoes, it doesn't sound silly at all. It might do to people that, that sort of are running their own business, but I absolutely get that, you know, and, and it's, you know, a part of the fears that I have sometimes, and, it, and, and again, I've had conversations um, with others, is it's sort of whether I'm too nice to, mm -hmm. to be in business, um, because I, I'm, I'm exactly with you, you know, if I, if I was working for a client for a sustained period of time, um, they didn't want to continue with that work, but actually they thought I was a really nice guy, I'd be, I'd be over the moon, I'd be like, hey, great. But, yeah, yeah. but people would be like, yeah, but you've not got any repeat work. Yeah, no, but they think I'm, you know, they think I'm a nice guy and they like working with us. We're with. Yeah, yeah. We um we we got off our accountant um a tree planted for us. Um okay. we were like love it, doing it, like set it up that day. We were like, we're doing it every new client we have is getting a tree. Right. And then as we get bigger, we might do it every invoice or whatever. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Right. But like, I really want to see like all of my customers have a fucking forest. Like, and we're just doing my <laughs> shit. Like, and I need to message the person back that I'm going to talk to. And I understand where it's coming from. And this is not a criticism of that person in case they are listening. Um, but I did get a message saying, you know, careful that this isn't like greenwashing and virtue signaling and stuff like that. And I was like, do you know what? I didn't even think of that. I just thought it was a nice thing to do. If I found out that Tree Nation, the company we're using, aren't actually planting the trees, would I be pissed off? Of course I would, right? I really would. But I'm just going in and trusting that company. And for me, it was a nice thing to do. And the customers that we had the message off that we did it, one of them messaged us. We, we did, we planted two trees for one customer because there was two people we were dealing with. And um, one of them messaged us being like, this has made my day. This is so, oh, wow. 
She was like, getting a message saying you've planted a tree for us and you've got, you have a tree. And this one was trees for tigers in India. She was like, was so wholesome. She said, that's really made my day. And I was like, that, that is why we do this. Like, hopefully they'll say that the work we do for them is just as good. <laughs> those little things. I think those little things are things that I want Resfluent to be like. Like, just those silly little things that people will will remember and and get a little bit of a sense of warmth from for me was all all part of the why of risk fluent like there's a feel to risk fluent for me um and i probably couldn't put that into one sentence it just probably what's your why or here's a book of why do you know what i mean it was that's not that's that's why i kind of struggle with that a little bit yeah 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 and i think that's i think that's right you know and at the end of the day it's your why it's no one else's why Mm. Um, so whether whether you you know you struggle to articulate that because it is a feeling or you know or a sense of of, of some degree um i think that's absolutely fine as long as you've got it there as sort of an anchor point that you can always refer back to or or, yeah. or kind of use as a um a, a consciousness if you like to make sure that you're still within the framework of your why sure business at the end of the day mate yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, stop, we'll probably still be sat here in like three years' time. How's the trees going? Yeah, 20 years I, on, it'd be like, so what's it like running a startup? Well, you're not a startup, you're 20 years in. Like, yeah, but we haven't made any more money. So we're just doing <laughs> <the> startups. <laughs> Something's gone terribly wrong. Oh, shit. Um, no, right, mate, we've been talking for nearly an hour my wife's gonna shoot off soon um so i need to nip this in the bud it might be a bit earlier than an hour if it is i apologize we did waffle a bit before we press record but i think we've kind of tied up our our kind of the making of the decision the challenges of making that decision the the timing of the decision and our why which is kind of what we wanted to is anything is anything you you haven't said that you wanted to kind of say in this in the context of that initial decision-making process? No, 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 not really. Like you said, um, I think the first one we wanted to just set the scene, didn't we really? Um, is to, you know, why we're talking about setting up a consultancy, what gave us the the kind of decision um, to, to do it. And then, you know, some of the whys behind the businesses and what we're trying to do. And I think we've covered that pretty well. Awesome. Awesome. There was one thing I, 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 I'm just thinking back that there's a, in that in that moment at that period where Maggie had been cancelled and uh, we cancelled a day for Maggie at nursery, there was a podcast I listened to, and if I remember, um, I will put it I will put it below. And I've quoted this probably nearly every day to somebody, myself, whoever, you know, since then. And it was on the World of Work podcast where there's two people they talk about like work and loads of stuff, and um, and she said in there she went on a little bit of a soapbox and and i was so grateful that she went on the soapbox because it was what i needed to hear on that day and and she said we put so much pressure on the decision being the right decision um and she was like there is no right or wrong decision there is only the decision and you make it right or wrong in the actions that you do after that decision and i'm fucking driving down the road and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, that's that is exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Um, and for me, you know, I, I wanted to kind of mention that before we kind of close this out. Um, 
Because if you are thinking of making a decision, I think there is a part of it that you can plan and plan and plan, but ultimately you just have to make the decision and then make it work. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think there's, yeah, I, th- I heard one something about, you know, sort of choices, which are very similar to decisions that if you think, if you think making the choice is difficult, you should try living with the choice. Um, <laughs> That's nice. I like that. that was, that kind of resonates to me quite a lot. Um, that, that actually the, the decision or the choice to start my consultancy is actually really easy. Yeah. Uh, the, the the sort of difficulty starts now, yeah. uh, which is obviously kind of what we're going to go into in the next couple of episodes. For sure. Just texting my wife saying we're finishing now. <laughs> I can hear the shoes going on and everything. Like, <laughs> aggressive, like I'm leaving. You need to come and get your daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stop, stop talking, James. Um, right, Sam. It's only fair if we've talked about Orchard and what if people want to come and work with Sam? How do they do that? Um, they can uh, get in contact. So you can get in contact with me through LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty um, pretty present on there, or well, more so these days than I ever have been. Um, so, company page Orchard Safety or, or myself. Um, you can check out the business and what we do, OrchardSafety.co.uk. Um, they're probably the best two ways of finding more about about me and the business. Awesome. And um, we will put Orchard in. The description link for the website, your LinkedIn, email address, phone number, whatever you want us to put, um, and make like everything that people need to get hold of you. We'll put it all in the description of every one of these episodes. And um, you know, I think you're a great guy, and I love what you do. So people should 100% check you out um, if they need some support. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> bye, mate. Thank you very much. Do you want to just quickly mention maybe what we're gonna? Can you remember what we're gonna talk about in number two? Yeah, so episode number two, um, looking at sort of the building and the and the preparation. Um, so I think we've got obviously you were thrust into it. I, I kind of had a little bit more time, so we've got a slightly different way of of, of kind of looking at this. Um, but it's sort of preparing for the jump, things, the unknown unknowns. Um, so the stuff that that we've stumbled across uh, yeah. numerous times, um, and then learning um, some of the tricks of the trade. So some of the stuff that we've learned and some of the stuff that we've been advised to do that, that helps with the growth of the business. Yeah. Or that we've been advised to do and thought, not really sure yeah. that's what we want to do. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Sam. I really enjoyed that chat, mate. Good man. Cheers, mate. Okay, Boops, hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and Sam. That was just the first of three like we do on the quarterly co-host. So there's two more coming. Sam's kind of introduced the the concept as well, or reintroduced the concept, I suppose, in there and kind of the general um, structure per se. It's not really a strict structure of what we're going to talk about in episode one, two and three. So hope you uh, come back next month for part two of the Courtly Co-host. Otherwise, I shall catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.